Welcome to Living Orthodoxy, an invitation to a deeper life in Christ. Living Orthodoxy is the parish podcast of St. Philip Orthodox Church in Souderton, Pennsylvania. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Glory to Jesus Christ. This is the day which the Lord has made. Father James, that was too many names. <laughs> too many names. Today the, the feast is the feast of the forefathers, the ancestors of our Lord. It's good for us to pause for a moment and think about the fact that Jesus Christ is a historical man, a person who really existed, and someone who transcends history eternity breaking into time. And in him, we can break into eternity. But I'd like to think about a mountaintop for a minute. My father, whom, whom we buried yesterday, loved to hike. And I'm thinking the mountains in California, the Sierra Nevada range, in the Pacific Crest Trail. I'm also thinking Mount Zion. In Hebrews chapter 12, the Apostle Paul gives us a glimpse into eternity and gives us a glimpse into liturgy. We know that our life, our asceticism, is constantly climbing. And if we're not going up, the escalator, the law of entropy, is taking us down. If we are not climbing, we are sliding. And when we climb to the top, we are at the sacraments, where we can share intimately with God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who made us out of love, came to redeem us out of love and is with us still in his love. This Mount Zion, St. Paul says, is where we have come to. And it's better than Mount Sinai. It's better than Mount Rainier, Mount Whitney. More majestic even than Half Dome in Yosemite. He says, you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn registered in heaven, to God the judge of all, to the spirits of just men, made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than Abel. Brothers and sisters, when we ascend the mountain of our lives, when we set aside our own cares to serve other people and to try to please God in keeping his commandments, we can reach the summit 
of heaven while we're on earth. This is why Sunday morning is such a special time. This is why our churches are decorated so beautifully. Because we know that God is with us. And where God is, everyone else is. We know that we have come to the General Assembly of the Firstborn with an innumerable company of angels. The spirits of the just men made perfect, St. Paul says. And I take great comfort in this. This morning, when I was preparing for liturgy, I crossed my dad's name off of the living. And he wrote his name in the departed. That was a hard thing to do. Easy to write six letters, seven letters, but the hardest seven letters I've written in a long time. When we come to the mountain, we are today, when we are at this mountain today, this feast of the genealogy, all these names that we don't know how to pronounce, unless we read the scriptures often, we don't know the stories behind their names. But if we start to read their stories, we see how broken they were. Among Christ's ancestors are harlots and weak kings, outsiders. It's crazy to think about this. But then if we look back at our own heritage, we probably see the same thing. We see weakness and brokenness. And it's a good reminder for us that we do not need to be perfect. We should be perfectible. God is constantly working on us through the trials and tribulations of our life. We do not need to be perfect, but we should be repentant. We do not need to be perfect, but we should have love. So when we come to the mountain, come to God and the gathering around him, we come with gifts. And we think of Christmas time, of course, we think of gifts. Bushelli children, plug your ears for a second. Are you doing that? Ambrose, I know you're sneaky. I can hardly walk in my bedroom right now. And when I, when I say my prayers, I have to get between piles or stacks of gifts because we're helping Santa. We think of gifts and we think how cute it is. We think of gifts and we think that Christmas is about giving gifts. And of course it is, but I challenge you to see it in a deeper way. The great gift from God and our little gifts are thank offerings back to God. The, the gift of Jesus Christ's coming, of course the name Jesus means Savior, is something that we, we write off, we forget about, we're so used to it, we take it for granted. 
but to be born into this fallen world, this world of suffering, this world of sighing and death, this world of sickness and isolation, to walk the narrow path, the sad and lonely path through the valley of the shadow of death, to be misunderstood and betrayed, exposed on the cross, and to, for the very giver of life to give up life. Let's not forget how precious a gift that is. Let's not forget that, that our Lord did not come to call the righteous, but he came to call the sinners. Let's not forget that I, meaning you, are the chief of sinners. It's easy for us to wag our fingers at other people. It's easy for us to wag our tongues behind other people's backs. But let's raise our arms and say, Lord, thank you. Let's raise our arms and extend the forgiveness that he gave to us in the cave of the nativity and in the cave of the resurrection. So that great gift of God that we receive on the mountain, that gift of the Savior, inspires us to give gifts. This is my last point. When the wise men brought gifts to the newborn child king, again, we think it's very cute, and the Sunday school has a nice presentation for us about this. What they were doing, though, was not cute at all. They were giving tribute to the new king. This, is a, this was a political necessity, right? The rulers of the local places would come and say, you are our king, and here is some gold. We're going to in, invest in our relationship with you so that you protect us. We think of the wise men as wise men, and of course they were. But they were representing the nations who were now subservient to the God of heaven, the God who left heaven, the God who wanted to reinstate heavenly rule on earth. So when we give gifts to people on Christmas morning, Christmas Eve, when you give a gift to someone, you're not just showing them your love. You're showing them your servitude. You are giving tribute. You're saying, I am your slave. I am at your command. You're saying, I'm grateful for you in my life and the protection and the love that you give to me. It's an astounding thought. Last Sunday, I think, or the Sunday before, I asked you, metaphorically speaking, in terms of your repentance and your confession, to prepare a gift for our Lord's birthday. And I hope that you've been working on that. I hope you've been you know, weaving something with your heart strings. I hope you've been building something with the hands preparing something to offer to our Lord on Tuesday night.
And again, offering it not because God needs anything, but because he wants us to have real life. He wants us to be freed from the, the shackles and the shame of sin. He wants us not to bear grudges and be defined by divisions. He wants us to live at the mountain top in celebration, overlooking the sins of the past and looking to the future, seeing everything as one eternal present. To him, the giver of every perfect gift comes down from heaven with his Son and Holy Spirit. Be all glory and praise forever and ever. Amen. For more information about St. Philip Orthodox Church, visit us online at st-philip.net.